Welcome to the She Built This podcast, where we are sharing the stories of professionals and entrepreneurs who are on a mission to create the new norm by following their dreams and making them a reality. I'm your host, Emily Aborn, and together we are inspiring, growing, and giving you the tools you need to bring ideas to life so you can build whatever this means for you. Welcome back to the She Built This podcast. Are you excited? I'm excited. (laughs) Let's be real. I'm always excited to be here, which um, I actually hope then spreads to you also. Podcasting is one of my favorite pieces of my business, along with, you know, blog writing, 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 the emails that go along with the podcast. Ooh, and um, also connecting with my fellow She Built This members. Those are like my top five activities. And as you'll notice, some of them are very much the same. Put a pin in that thought though, because we're going to get right back to that in just a second. Real quick, in case this is your first time listening, uh, welcome. Hello. I always like to share at the beginning just a little bit about how you can learn more about the She Built This podcast, but also get involved in what we're building. I'm Emily Aborn. I'm a freelance writer, and I get great enjoyment, as aforementioned, out of writing, uh, in spe- particularly website copies, social media posts, emails, blogs, ebooks, um, and full books, and more. Uh, Some of you are probably wondering, like, how could anyone get joy out of those things? And all I have to say to that is, it's not Maybelline. I was born with this. I just love it. I'm also the leader of She Built This, which is a women's entrepreneurship community. And we are centered around positivity, growth, and really giving you the resources you need to reach your fullest potential and build the dream business that you are building. Um, I would love for you to check us out if you're not already a member and be part of the fun. So I'll invite you to visit shebuiltthis.org and check it out. See what suits your fancy. We also have a big networking slash panel event. Um, It's called a summer gala coming up locally in Milford, New Hampshire on June 24th, which if you go to shebuiltthis.org, the info for that event is going to pop right up at you. And if you are listening to this on the day it comes out, June 15th, today is the last day that you're going to be able to grab a ticket and make sure there's a seat with your name on it at that event. So if you've had it on your calendar that you need to sign up or you are just hearing it now for the first time and you're like, oh my gosh, yes, I would love to connect and be inspired by other women entrepreneurs. And I'd say specifically if you live in Maine, New Hampshire, or Massachusetts and you have this feeling, um, although I I guess you could do it if you live anywhere and you just want a little road trip. Um, Anyway, I invite you to join us for all of that and all the information you need on that event is at shebuiltthis.org. And don't worry, all of that information will be in the show notes. You don't have to try to remember all of this. If you are a regular listener of the show, or if this is your first time um, and you end up loving it, I would love for you to take time to write me a review. Your reviews really help me to keep on keeping on and uh, put a real sparkler of excitement and appreciation in my heart. And I often read my reviews on the podcast so you get your moment in in the sun. Speaking of sparkle, sparkly moments, my sister-in-law sent a video to our family text thread recently that was of her son and daughter watching fireworks for the first time, my niece and nephew. Now, 
I have never actually seen someone watch fireworks for the first time, nor can I remember my own first time, but witnessing this was amazing. My nephew Max was rocking out to the music and like doing all of these dance moves and just in a state of sheer elation, joy, and You could not help but like I just had to like watch the video. I watched it multiple times and my heart was just melting and then you just can't help but like have all of those good vibes of his happiness like rub off on you. You know they sort of like spread around. It was the epitome of human bliss and this is the thing about things that are incredible. Not only do they fire us up to feel great, it ends up being a ripple effect. Like when we feel joy, when we feel excitement, when we feel our best, it just keeps spreading and spreading and spreading to all of those around us. Now, fittingly, in this case, this experience just so happened to be fireworks that Max was watching, which is exactly what my guest Kat Stancic and I talk about in today's episode, creating firework experiences. What are firework experiences? These are opportunities that bring your ideal prospects together to look on with awe at all the value that you're providing them with. These are experiences that get them whispering to all of their friends and sharing about what you're doing. And these are experiences that leave them feeling that same spark of excitement that then just spreads and grows. Now, I have to say that I've been to one of Kat's firework experiences, and this is anything but the sleazy, salesy, overdone marketing techniques and tactics that we've probably all come to know and hate. The ones that tap into your pain points until your arm is bleeding. The ones that don't give two what's about you as a consumer, but they will happily take your credit card. And the ones that use fear, scarcity marketing, manipulation, and aggression. You know the ones I'm talking about. You also probably know by now, if you are a regular listener, that we are so not about that on She Built This or in She Built This or really anywhere that I am in close proximity to. Um, Kat and I really share this same philosophy that organic and authentic marketing is a longer term strategy, but it helps to create valuable, genuine relationships and also generate leads, but without the aggressive hustle. I absolutely love how Kat says in this episode, I don't want resentful yeses, I want resounding ones. Because resentful yeses ask for refunds. In addition to, I mean, we talk about so many things, but we also talk about focusing on how you actually like I'll dare say love to market and like what lights you up as your favorite ways to connect with people. For example, at the beginning, I told you I love podcasting. I love connecting with people in my She Built This group. I absolutely love writing emails and blogs and not reinventing the wheel once you figure out what that really is for you because that's how you're going to create those moments of excitement that keep sparking that excitement in other people because they can feel it too. So speaking of what Kat says in this episode, you will probably hear a whole lot of quotables. This woman is like the queen of quotables. So be ready to pause and screenshot or make notes in your notes app on your phone or like whip out Canva graphics on the fly, however you like to do it. Um, And if you share it on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn, please tag us so we can see it and share it too. I love sharing these kinds of things in my Instagram stories. So make sure you tag me and I will share your takeaway. 
I really hope that you love this episode on creating firework experiences and discover what that means and then come to enjoy it just as much as I enjoyed making this episode for you. Kat Stancic is known as the lead boss. She helps time-crunched, expert-based service professionals create more leverage in business so they can scale revenues predictably predictably, that is a hard word to say, without more demand on their time. She's the founder of Action Incubator, four-time best-selling author and co-author of international best-selling book, Experts Never Chase, also creator of the Lead Boss System. If you are tired of boring, buttoned-up business interviews and podcast guests and speakers, you're going to love today's episode. Kat is direct, open, and she gives you like edutainment that you've been really wanting and waiting for. Without further ado, here is my interview with Kat Stancic. Hi, Kat, and welcome to the She Built This podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to jump into all the good stuff that we're about to get into. I'm excited to have another conversation with you um, after being on your show. So, all right. Now, of course, I read your bio before you joined us, but I imagine that there is more to you than 100 words or less. (laughs) So I would love for you to give us like a little, I don't know anything about your backstory, so I'd love a little like peek behind the scenes, like how you started uh, on the road that you're on now. Mm, I was born to be successful. So um, I basically pursued the American dream after being told that I wasn't smart enough for most of my life, which meant pursuing, uh, to me at least, a higher level education. So I got my MBA, got a big, you know, fancy schmancy corporate consulting uh, job and realized that this was not what I wanted to do. So um, basically, I hired a life coach saw that that was something that was creating instant impact, plopped down $10,000 to get my accreditation um, and haven't looked back since. So the reason I went down that path was that I could really see the instant impact. And as I was growing my business, people kept coming to me asking me how I was doing it. So I kind of merged the two. So this kind of coaching modality, um, true essential coaching and business strategy into what I do today. And I love, you know, I've been to one of your mixers and I love that you kind of like weave these little coaching nuggets into everything that you do, even in the mixers, you know, so you're, you're holding this networking space for people, but then you're like giving people like these little like coaching truth bombs. Yes. It's, it's interesting because, you know, I never consider myself like a, a mindset person, if you will, but a lot of mindset, I mean, they say it all the time. Um, people that, uh, you know, like what business is 90% mindset and 10% skill set, maybe different percentages, but at least that's what I say. Um, and it's, it really is true. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, the, usually the person getting in my way is me. <laughs> mm. Yes. I would say that that's the case actually 99% of the time. <laughs> All right. So this month that we, this is airing is going to be the theme of rethink. And basically I want to Um, we're focusing on how to like break out of the things that we've been taught or beliefs that we're stuck in Mm. or doing things status quo normal. So I would love to start by asking like, what drives you nuts as far as what you see people buying into, into the online marketing world as a norm? Like what's your biggest, what's your biggest pet peeve? (laughs) 
All right, here we go. Um, liberal marketers. I just, I can't, I just can't. So um, predatory marketing is what it's called to. Um, and essentially it's this space where in the digital marketing space, it, they're just entrenched. It's been normalized that business is done a certain way and marketing is done a certain way in the online world. And it doesn't have to be that, you know, shake you down, leaving you less than 64 step funnel, complicated technology process. And it doesn't have to be hustle and grind, um, but it's also not the easy button approach. And so I think that, you know, a lot of people prey on people's desires and, you know, also on their, on their pain points. And they really like punching people in the face with them um, instead of really kind of leading them to opportunity and allowing that person to be a human and to be a business owner and make real decisions instead of what, what do I say? I say, you know, I don't want resentful yeses. I want resounding ones because resentful yeses asks for refunds. Yeah. So, I mean, I think we're just completely pummeled with this messaging. Um, so I'm curious to know, like specifically what you see that you're like, this is not, this is not okay. You know, like I, I had somebody on my show one time talking about uh, tapping into those pain points mm -hmm. and just like drilling down into them so hard that literally the person reading it is left with like a gaping wound. And they're like, thank you for exposing all of these. <laughs> and now I feel like I need to buy this to solve that problem. So is that the kind of thing that you're talking about? Yes. And I mean, that's just one of the many examples. I think that there's, they create fake scarcity. There's, you know, manipulation of NLP strategies. Um, you know, just basically it's this, these processes that are just not ethical and they skirt the line so closely that it really does fall into that place. But it's really about pushing people into making decisions when they're not ready to make a decision. And it's using scarcity tactics. It's using lack strategies, um, and using fear-based approaches to force that experience to happen. And it's it's not beneficial to the buyer. It's only beneficial to the seller. And that's the problem is that most of these bro marketers, and they can be male and women alike, only deliver as far as a sales call. So that's really actually even the bigger issue is mm -hmm. I'm really sick and tired of people doing that, only delivering part to the sales call. And then once you buy, they're done. So long as your credit card clears, I'm good. That's not the case. I am actually one of those people that gets actively involved in my clients' businesses because I take it as a personal responsibility to make sure that my clients get results. And you know, I did a post on this recently how I think this is why uh, so many people are let down and frustrated by service providers. And yeah. they're they're constantly like jumping to the next person because they're left feeling like, well, that didn't do what I thought it was going to do, <laughs> you know? And I, I just... I think it's on us too as service providers and it's on them. Like, yes. So it's a, it's a relationship. And that's the problem is that it often feels one-sided and we've all been in those bad relationships where we felt like we've done more of the work. And I've been, I've experienced that from a client not holding up their end of the deal. And I've experienced it as being someone who bought from someone who didn't hold up their end of the deal. And it is about this is what I mean about being this adult in your business. It's going into things with eyes wide open, with an understanding and being willing to have these adult conversations because I think there's a lot of people who don't go and ask for the support that they actually want from the person that they bought from. I've heard this time and time again of someone buying from someone 
the the solution not being provided and the solution that the service provider gives is, oh, just buy at the next level and we'll solve it then. Yeah. So how do you think we can go in with eyes like why? Like, what? I guess, what are we even looking for? You know what I mean? <laughs> right. So we're looking for the indicators and it's kind of, you know, this, this works, you know, a lot of this works on both sides of the relationship. So if I was talking about, you know, working with an ideal client, there are red flags. There are things that we see and we're like, whoop, nope, no way, not an ideal client. We can turn around and walk away. The things to watch out for are the orange and yellow flags, because those are just red flags that have been hanging out in the sun too long. Huh. So we, and those are the ones because that's when we make an exception. And then when we make those exceptions, all we have is an exception in our ass. We've all made that exception with that client and then regretted it for the most part. So if we flip that and we look at, all right, so what is a service provider? What are the red flags? So a lot of times we can, you know, we can be like, oh, you know, the, 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 the picture of the Maserati with the AK-47, you know, stacked pile of cash with the stripper wife ready to light your cigar, big red flag right? Like that lifestyle only living for me is a big red flag when they're not sharing the one of the biggest pieces of information, which is client results. Yeah. Basically, if you're following, following for the Tindler swindler, like just don't yep. do it. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Exactly. So that's one of the things, um, you know, is it the same people that are featured in their testimonials over and over again? They have no new, you know, new faces, essentially. Are they always posting about how they're making money? That's my favorite, favorite one to roll my eyes out when someone's like, I just had my best quarter yet. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I just closed, you know, this many millions of dollars. I'm like, congratulations, you're a con artist. Um, because they're not sharing their client wins. They're only focused on themselves. And that's not what it is to be a service provider. Um, and I and I also think as people purchasing these things, we need to sit back and like be a little bit intentional about, you know, do I really need this? Do I really right. need this now? Do I need this in this format? Is there- When how is that person showing up and selling? Are they high pressure? Are they, you know, there's a difference between being high pressure and following up. Mm -hmm. Right. If, you know, and what do they say? Only 2% of the time is money and actual objection. So part of this is also us showing up in terms of showing people how they should behave. Wait, can you repeat that? Only 2% of the time. What's that? Only 2% of the time is money and actual objection. Oh, okay. Okay. But people kind of tend to use it 98% of the time as part of the real objection of what they, because they're, they're using it as something that's tangible. It's kind of like employees who work in a business and they're saying they want more money. The likelihood isn't necessarily that they want more money. It's that they're unhappy. Mm-hmm. And so as buyers, we're saying we're not happy, but we're using money as an excuse. So instead, if you're a buyer and you've ha- you've gone on sales calls and you've said, hey, you know, I just I don't know if I can afford it, blah, blah, blah. But that wasn't actually the case. Like now we're looking at energetic, you know, karmic energy, essentially. Um, so I would look at how the individual is showing up. I've seen it happen many a time where someone's like, oh yeah, I want to charge high ticket sales. And the second someone puts a high ticket offer in front of them, they're like, no, 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 I don't want to pay that. (laughs) Um, that's interesting. So almost like a get what you give. Yeah. And I don't mean that every single offer is right. There can be offers that aren't wrong. So say it, Hey, I really appreciate that. You know, right now I just I don't see how this is going to help me. Can you help me see that? Or, you know, right now it really isn't a time and I would appreciate you following up with me in XYZ amount of times. But I think a lot of people aren't showing up as adults in their business, which would also indicate why their business isn't at that adult level. 
Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So let's kind of sh- shift gears and talk <laughs> about like rethinking and doing it differently, but specifically, right. you have something that you call a firework experience. Mm-hmm. And I want to know what is a firework experience and how can I create this? Because <laughs> that sounds amazing. Yes. So, um, you know, born of the, I don't like being sleazy and salesy and, you know, seeing that my clients also don't like being sleazy and salesy to the point where people avoid doing sales and marketing activities because they don't want to activate that trigger in themselves. I kind of created this concept of the firework experience. And what I mean is that a lot of times people are out there and they're doing what the bros have taught them, which is they're hyper-focusing on the pitch. So they're using marketing strategies, but all they're focused on is getting people to buy. What I like to say is that the revenue is behind the value that you drive. So you've got to drive the value first, then the revenue is going to happen. And it's going to happen with a lot more ease and flow instead of a more aggressive hustle kind of modality. So firework experiences really help with all of that by gathering all of your ideal prospects, right? So I go prospects, leads, client. Some people reverse them sometimes. So they gather your prospect, people who could be potential ideal clients into a room with you. Now, the difference here is that you're not sliding into someone else's group. You're not, you know, going and hiding and, you know, going into the DMs, you know, like pitchy Pete, right? You are actually creating your own community, your own platform, your own place where people see you as the authority and the expert. They want to hear from you and they do want to buy from you. And it's a matter of timing. So when you're creating a firework experience as part of your overall ecosystem of how you have people engage with you, that's how you start filling your pipeline with a lot more ease. And it's how people start stepping up and raising their hands to say, I'm ready to work with you instead of what feels a lot of times like people chasing other people throughout the platforms in the online space. Okay, let's hear some examples because I love this. And in my head, I'm seeing like, you know, Facebook groups as an example of this. But I want to hear some more examples because obviously I'm thinking really small here. Right. So I always say that there's a basic core number of marketing strategies. That's it. They're done. Like they've they've been invented for the most part. And you can change their outfits and you can, you know, maybe put a little bit more makeup on one and less on the other. But there's really just a core foundational aspect of what's what's working and what will always work, especially when and let me caveat this with the fact that I only do organic marketing which means that it's all relationship-based. I don't do ads. I don't not believe in them. It's just, it's a timing aspect of where you are in your business when they'll actually work effectively. So looking at that, you know, specific lane of organic lead generation, an example of one, which everybody's going to start rolling their eyes is, you know, a workshop. Mm. Oh yeah. Well, here's the thing. The problem is twofold. One, most people are misrepresenting their workshops. And this is actually going to be something that a lot of people are going to realize that they're doing wrong. A workshop solves a problem. Most people are having master classes and they're they're hiding them under the name workshop because a workshop is more valuable in terms of takeaways than a master classes. Most people understand that master classes are going to have a heavy pitch. That's the bro influence. So, you know, looking at are you actually workshopping, meaning working with the people in your audience to solve a problem as part of your workshop. When done effectively, You're solving a problem and setting up the next opportunity to work with you to solve the next level problem. And that's what people aren't doing. They're not actually solving a problem. They're just kicking dirt up and causing confusion and doing something and making noise 
So it's kind of like a little sparkler, if you will, right? Yeah, it's it's fun and you can throw it around in the air, but it's going to fizzle out and it's not going to attract a lot of people. Yeah. And I think this is, you know, this is relevant for even like the content and the podcast, like a podcast, for example, is yeah. a good example of this. Like if I got on here and offered zero value, but I just exactly like you said, kicked the can down the road a whole bunch of times, that's not if I work experience. Right. And, and when I have guests on that try to do that, it's really frustrating. <laughs> Um, so I love that approach and you're right. Like when I see masterclass, I know that I'm going to get sold to, I know that whatever five tips I'm getting are the five tips that they want me now to feel that this urgency around that I can't do myself and I need their help with those five tips. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And there's a, there's that, you know, there's a negative association. We're dealing with a lot of people who've been burned, especially if it's someone who is active in the online space. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're an active marketer. Um, and it's one of the, the problems is, and the reason people are quote unquote falling for this, it's, it's not their fault. Like if you're listening to this right now, it's not your fault. And I say that because you are brilliant at what you do. You get results. Actually, you probably get better results than the person who's the quote unquote guru. However, your marketing isn't in alignment with your level of brilliance of what you're doing because you're not necessarily brilliant at marketing. That's our job. Our job, you and I, are to Emily, like we teach people how to be more effective in their marketing so that they can get that visibility, so that they can stand out. It's why you use podcasting and you have your amazing community that of, you know, all of these people supporting each other, absolutely engaging. And it's how I use Firework Experience to really help elevate people. And here's a little secret, which is we are the firework. Yeah, that's awesome and so true. <laughs> and our firework sparks the firework experience and capability in our clients so that they in turn become fireworks. These are the ripples of the effect that we can have. And this is how we create positive change in the world. Okay, then I'm going to, I want to go into that. So if somebody is not feeling the spark, if they are not feeling that firework feeling, what would you give them as advice? to take a look at what they're doing. So firework experience aligned to two things. I actually have a matrix. Remember those times tables where you'd be like seven and then you'd pull your finger over and you'd be like times six and then you pull your finger down and you'd find the number? Yes. It's literally that. So first side, look at your strengths. Who? What do you love doing? What do you enjoy doing? Because the likelihood is that you are doing a strategy that you're trying to force yourself into instead of a strategy that fits around you. So that I would look at that first. What are your strengths? What do you love doing? And then the second piece on the other side is what's your ideal client's focus? What are they trying to achieve? What are they, you know, investing their time and money into? And then you pick the strategy. So it becomes rungs to the ladder to your success. So you start stacking one, two, maybe three fireworks on top of each other. And that's how you create kind of the bouquet experience, which is that end of the firework where everybody's looking up and ooing and eyeing because it's this over delivery of a you know sensational experience. Let's give one more example, like use your uh, lead box mixer as an example, if you don't yes. mind. So here's, I'll, you know, I always love using my stuff because it's easy for me to tap into. So I, um, I love obviously talking <laughs> and driving value and, and showing up in that way. So I had tried the Facebook group thing. It's not to say that Facebook groups don't work. They do. Clearly you have a Facebook group that is working because you know how to work it. It aligns to your strengths. 
it wasn't sparking anything in me. I was doing it to do it. There's stuff that happens there. I have a different strategy behind it that no one typically leverages as part of building a Facebook group. So it was that. But I wanted to be in front of people. I wanted to engage with them because I, I feed off of that. So I decided that I was going to put together a mixer. Now, if I put together a mixer that was all about lead gen, the likelihood of people wanting to show up and come in and think that they're going to be pitched was going to be pretty high, mm-hmm. right? However, what was something that I knew a lot about that I could share with, but that didn't feel like I, there was an angle for me to come in on? And for me, it was podcasting because podcasting is a qualifier. My people use podcasting, visibility, speaking, that kind of stuff as a strategy in their business. It's key to digital marketing. So when someone's coming into my community, I don't have to convince them that this is important. They're already convinced. So that takes that much more effort off my plate. Then what I do is I really drive the value. I do some marketing minutes. I help people connect with each other. They have their contact information. Every time someone walks away from this, they just feel completely you know, satisfied, you know, full in terms of connection and the quality. And that's one of the key pieces is really looking at the quality of people versus the quantity. The quantity will be there after the quality is established. Because and, and just like you talked about lighting those fireworks in everybody else, like now I, somebody invited me and now I'm inviting somebody else. And you know what I mean? So it just does, it does spread. It's just, it's so much more powerful and impactful. And, you know, I started this in July of 2021 and probably within the first three months it was monetizing. And so now I've got 60 people coming to these events and it's growing and it's just, it's all organic. There's no ads. There's no, I don't post every single day about the mixer. I post about it twice a month, two posts. That's it. And this is how it's grown. And the reason I did that was because I wanted the quality, because I wanted the birds of a feather approach. And then this is the most important piece about firework experiences. I mean, everything I've shared has been great, but this is the clincher, which is the reason that it works so well. And it's the reason why any of the firework experiences work so well is that it gives people context for conversations. Yeah. What I mean is, is that if you have Pitchy Pete sliding into your DMs and saying, hey, Emily, how's your business? The likelihood of you responding to that, accepting the connection request and engaging in conversation is probably slim to none. However, if after attending my event, I reach out to you and say, hey, Emily, how are things going? You know, I really love what you're doing as part of She Built This. Um, you know, what? how did you come up with that idea? The likelihood of you engaging in conversation with me then is significantly higher. And the reason is, is because we've created context. You know who I am. I've driven value before asking anything of you. And so you're willing to engage because that warning signal of danger, 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 pitch coming, pitch coming is off. It's so true. I've already connected. Yeah, exactly what you said. Like I've already connected with people in your group and we didn't have the pitch. We just had a conversation. So, and, and I believe, you know, in content and I want to get into that. In content, like my real uh, motivator, I think, is just creating conversation and connection. So I want to hear what you think about like really being the key to crafting, engaging content. Stories. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. 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 Every day, all day, any day. Stories. Um, it's, it's, you know, you being the firework is there's nobody 
you know, we've all learned from other people and we've pulled information that we've learned, whether it's from a textbook or a mentor or a program and crafted our own way of being able to communicate it. Right. So how do you stand out after you've, you know, established this process? You know, and I'm assuming, you know, these are business owners who are looking to, you know, achieve bigger results in their business. Well, it's with you. You are the differentiator. Every single business to get to whatever point that they wanted to grow to leverage themselves. It's always a personal brand. Even, you know, Steve Jobs was still the, the driver behind Apple because he was Steve Jobs and people were investing, yes, in the business, but it was still about him until he got to a point where it wasn't that. So it's really looking at how are you establishing yourself and sharing who you are and getting really close to that line between personal and private. Okay. What do you say? Like, yeah. So when you're talking about towing that line, where do you draw it, I guess? And like, where do you kind of help people to see, okay, this is where I should draw it or shouldn't? So it's really up to the individual. Um, and some people that threshold is way up high and some people it's way too low. <laughs> um, but for me, for example, like I very rarely talk or share about my kids. Mm-hmm. I will talk, mean like I will talk about, I have three kids under the age of eight, right? I will talk about, um, you know, the, that I have a nanny, but I'm not telling you my kids grades. I'm not telling you if there's been a meltdown in the house. I'm not sharing, you know, like, medical information about any one of them, because that for me is a boundary. Um, so, so things like that, I, one of the most important things to do as part of sharing your stories and getting up to that line is actually sharing your values. So I stop work at five every day. Very, very rarely is that boundary something I'm willing to break every now and then I'll admit I will, I will quote unquote, break the boundary, meaning I'll push it back. Maybe there's an event that I really want to attend. And then I coordinate with my husband in order to make that happen. But that's because it's my choice. And so all of this is about being empowered. If you sharing a story makes you feel empowered, then that's a real clear indication that that's something that should be shared. I like to call them cat's fables, which is basically what's the story that you want to share? And then what's the business lesson at the end? What's oh, yeah. that twist that they I, didn't I, expect? I love, um, I always tell people to keep like a little story document. You know what I mean? So you're just yep. kind of like jotting down the stories that happen. Like I even just make bullet points. Yep. And I, and sometimes I have no idea where they're going until I start writing it out. And then I'm like, oh, right. Of course. Here's the moral. <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah. I have one where I wrote about, I mean, there's like a couple ones that are still, you know, pretty well read. One time when I was chased by an alligator, true story and survived. Um, P.S. Don't try to capture small baby alligators. Their mamas don't like it. Oh um, my god! <laughs> Note um, to self. <laughs> or the time that I accidentally ordered a hooker in Hong Kong. If the front desk offers to send the massage therapist up to your room, do not accept. <laughs> so you know things like that that happen where that might be a oh my god no I will never share that story. What are those things that humanize you? that make you, that's that sticky factor, right? Anyone who just heard those two are probably going to go, they're on LinkedIn, you find them in my article section, and they're going to go read them. And they're very entertaining. And so not all of my stories hit, but you know, you start collecting them. And it's kind of, you know, the, the value that you do as a speaker, as a podcaster, is you start collecting these sound bites, what I call your beats. And so these are the stories that you kind of repeat that kind of become your, you know, you're known for. And I don't think people are judging me and being like, oh my God, she ordered a hooker. What? But they're like, yeah, okay. 
I see what Kat shares and that is so something she would do. <laughs> it seems like it's just a very funny connection piece. Yeah. I don't think anyone would judge that. <laughs> right. Right. But that's, that's the fear is the judgment, right? And there've been times where I've posted something and gone and deleted it right away. I've been like, no, no, I can't do this. And there are times where I wanted to delete it and I didn't. And then those ended up being really engaging pieces of content. Mm. And I don't mean pages and pages. Sometimes it's just a thought. Sometimes it's just a, oh, this just happened to me. Um, you know, one of the things that actually ended up gaining so much engagement was when I said, uh, I posted something and I was literally in the middle of recording videos and I had not changed my shirt. And so I went on Facebook and I said, Hey, given that it's good content, do you judge someone if they don't change their, um, if they don't change their shirt or their, their outfit for each video? And I mean, there's still people who find that post and still continue to comment on it. That is so funny. What's it, what was the consensus? I'm consensus dying Consensus was no one cares. Okay. <laughs> I mean- I, I think I would notice, but I don't think I would judge somebody for that. Right. But that's the thing is that we're, we're, we're projecting that, right? And so those are the kinds so of this. This is a post that goes on very uh, multiple strategic levels, which is, are you stopping yourself from doing something that you want to do? Here's a little indicator from universe right now that you yep. should go ahead and do it. Two, you know, how are you showing like this? up in your business in other ways? What are you not doing because there is this fear of judgment or, you know, retribution or something like that, that actually no one is really noticing? Okay. So I'd love like a really concrete, um, takeaway for people who are like, okay, I am ready to create this firework experience. It sounds amazing. How can I start to like map out and imagine what that might be for me? Um, so how do I give a concrete thing? I would look at not re not creating something new, but looking back at what's been working. It's one of the first things I always ask, which is what did you do before that was working for you? And 99% of the time, it's just a matter of like doing these small little tweaks to that thing um, versus doing these huge overhauls and these, and these implementations of new strategies. Um, so I'll give an example. I did a masterclass once and I called it activate the lead boss system. I thought it was cute. You know, it was, it was good enough to get going and I got no buyers. And then I basically changed nothing except the title. And I moved it from activate the lead boss system to overlook to fully booked how to sell out your high ticket programs in 90 days or less. Wow. <laughs> that simple change created $40,000 in that one delivery of that one masterclass. Now I like to be very transparent. The masterclass in and of itself only closed five people. So it was a thousand dollar offer. So $5,000, the $35,000 happened in the follow-up. With coaching people after yes. the fact. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just going and reaching out because there's that context was created. And so if you're trying to create a firework experience, I would say don't look further than the network you've already created. This is not about adding a whole bunch of cold connections into your pipeline, but about activating your current pipeline and giving them value. And so what is that thing that they want? You don't know what it is. Go ask them. Ask well, them what they want. Now I have to ask you how, if, if your pipeline's like looking a little uh, empty, what <laughs> you would say to do to put some leads in there? Um, I would first say do some market research. And so I, this is, I call them MRIs, how to get into your client's head without a technical degree. So market research interviews, I would look at making sure that your languaging is in alignment with the person you're wanting to work with. 
If you are not booking enough sales calls, if you are not getting the yeses that you're wanting from your ideal clients, the likelihood is that your marketing and your languaging is off. Yeah. And so going and doing that quick kind of assessment is going to give you so much value. Record the videos, be really present and make sure that you're using the right words because example, let's talk about money. Money, revenue, cash, income, um, you know, profit margins, all the same word for the same thing, but different people will be attracted to different words. If I see something that's all cash based, you or money based, I'm not buying because that's not the frequency that I'm operating on. Right. Because you understand that uh, profit minus cost mm. equals, yeah. Right. <laughs> or sorry, Rev- revenue minus cost equals equals profit. Exactly. So I would, I would look at that and, and start to, to do that. And then, you know, really start looking at, so my process re- revolves around three things, connect, converse, and close. And what I mean is the invitation to the close and look at which one of those are you avoiding? Because you're, you're not doing one of them. If you don't, if your pipeline is not full, then you're avoiding one of those. And the revenue is behind the resistance. So lean into the resistance. What are you avoiding? And the likelihood is that's what's going to unlock the abundance that's already all around you and within you. Okay, let's say those one more time. <laughs> the uh, the revenue is behind the resistance. So no, once- sorry, the connect, converse. Oh, connect, yeah. converse, and close. Okay, I love that. So wherever that resistance is in one of those three, that's where you need to put your energy. Yep. Yeah. Um, all right. How can we find and connect with you online and get in on your firework experience? So, um, well, to get into my firework experience, actually, it's a different CTA. <laughs> so my um, what I do always like to do is always stack the wins. And I always like to drive value. I really, really want to walk my talk. And so there's a three-part instant access training uh, that you can find at fullybook.co. And what I walk you through is one, how to break down your hour of lead gen a day, because it should only ever take you an hour to fill your pipeline um, every day, right? That consistency. Two, some swipe copy that you can use right now in your social media to get people raising their hands to want to work with you. So you can see where you need to put your effort in, in terms of that focus of building that pipeline, because there's people around you that are ready. And then the third piece is how you lead someone through the conversation to the close. And so I provide you my close script and what my clients use to help increase their conversion rates. Yeah, without all, all the without all the sleazy right. marketing pressure. Right. Yeah, love exactly. it. Exactly. So all three of those instant download, all there, ready for you to to get your hands on. Um, if you are interested and peaked by the podcast mixer, is it okay if I share that? Definitely. Um, that's my firework, one of my, one of my firework experiences. So feel free to, you know, come in, um, and you can find that at leadbossmixer.com and all the information is there. And actually, once you register there, there is a secret, uh, bonus training that you get access to. Um, and I will let you go and check that out to see what it is. Okay. Awesome. And I'll make sure all of that is in the show notes. Thank you. Thank you. You are a firework. (laughs) I feel like we should cue the Katy Perry. Um, thank you so much for joining me and having like a really insightful conversation. Thank you so much for having me. To learn more about She Built This and to join our community and get involved for yourself, visit www.shebuiltthis.org.